the biggest tip right off the bat is to be clear on what it is that your business is trying to accomplish Hmm. who it is that your business is if you're going to personify your business give your business a personality and also how your business and you connect to each other Hmm. because a lot of times I think we can get lost in our businesses um, and we take on that role of saying what our job is Welcome to The Wealthy and Well Woman, a podcast that celebrates choosing a life of overflow. If you're looking to grow your business, live on purpose, and feel your best while doing it, then you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Kat Sanuski, the business coach for wellness leaders and visionary female entrepreneurs, founder of Be Well Events, and international yoga teacher and trainer. My goal in this podcast is to help you curate your life by design and claim your dream business by giving you actionable tips and trainings that help you get out of your own way, step into your power and monetize your magic. I'll be bringing you a thought training or interview from experts that will help you break through your fears, take action and grow into those massive visions that you can't stop thinking about. I am so happy you're here. Now let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Wealthy and Well Woman podcast. I'm super excited to invite our guest today, Amanda Getty. She is a connection coach and movement instructor on the North Shore in Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Wow, can't speak. She works with business owners and space holders to create brave spaces so they can authentically connect with the world around them. So epic. Amanda, I'm so excited to have you here today and to jump into this convo. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks so much for inviting me in and I can't wait to chat. Yes, me either. This is going to be such a juicy combo today. I'm so excited. And Amanda, do you mind? I know I just did your little intro bio, but can you just let us know a little background on you, how you got into connection coaching and teaching people how to create brave spaces? Like how did this all come about? What's what's your story? Yeah, so uh, I'll describe it as like stumbling forward semi-gracefully. <laughs> um, so I um, grew up traveling around the world. My dad had a job where we, every couple of years, we'd move, meet a new set of people, make a new set of friends, and continue going. And one of the things looking back at that that really shaped my experience growing up was that no two people had the same story. No two people had the same background. And we would find these ways to connect in a country that might not speak are the language that we were speaking, didn't have maybe the same kind of milestones as we were used to. And yet we'd still find a way to really come together. And I still have friends from all around the world because of that experience. I came to Boston and New England um, for college to go to journalism school. I wanted to tell stories and travel and like be around people and basically like tell the world what awesome people were going around to. And unfortunately, um, Sally May came a knocking and sometimes journalism doesn't always pay the bill. So I found my way into marketing. Similar idea, your storytelling and trying to make something that might be super complex, um, tangible for people to be able to react to and have an emotional reaction to. Marketing is all about, you know, finding that connection and maybe getting a sale or maybe finding a lead. And then throughout that, 
parallel, should I say, I became interested in kind of moving my body a little bit more. I had been a three sport athlete in high school. I swam intramurally in college. Once I graduated and things really started costing money, I found myself not moving my body as much until one day someone was like, you know, you can put on a pair of sneakers and go for a run. And I was like, oh, I have a pair of old sneakers. I guess I will try to go for a run. <laughs> At this point, I was in the beer world. I was doing all the things that you expect someone working in the beer world to be doing and wasn't really in a super healthy mood um, or healthy life at that point. And so I started writing down what I was doing, running, whether it was a block or doing some sort of at home workout on a blog on Tumblr. And slowly things started to gain traction. And it was weird for me because I was like, oh, there's people actually listening to me what I'm saying, like there, there are people who can connect through this. I was invited to speak at a conference in LA um, about a year and a half after I started this blog that I had named The Road to a Healthy Life about building an authentic voice on social media. And I remember when I got invited to give this talk, I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I what? I have an authentic voice? Like, what does this even mean? Like, I was doing something because I love to do it. Mm. Um, I loved that I was able to meet people and all of that. And it dawned on me there that I needed to do something with movement. After that conference, I promised myself that I was going to be part of the fitness and wellness world because I loved the feeling that everyone had in the big community aspect of it. And that was in 2014 or 2015. <laughs> and here we are in 2020 too. And it's been a wild ride, um, really blending those two ideas that we do have our differences and we all come from different backgrounds, different lived experiences, but we can find these common grounds to really connect to. And when we're able to recognize what makes us unique and us special, we're also able to see it in other people and really be able to meet each other where we're at. Yes, I loved that, like your story intro, and it's clear that you are an, an expert communicator through all of those experiences. And I love how you've joined all of these passions and your unique skill set in together to create such a beautiful just space and offer and, and be able to help other people along with this. And I think that it's something that we all could use more of, especially now. I mean, thinking over the last couple of years as far as authentic connection and uh, showing up and creating these spaces like, wow, what a time that this is right. needed. Like, ha what have you seen show up over these last couple of years in this space as far as like people, first off, how it's impacted people in creating space and how it's ma maybe made them like shy away from this or just change it all together. Like, what are some things that you've seen come up through this? Yeah, so I mean, no one saw the last couple of years coming, right? <laughs> it came out of left field and everyone at first was like, oh, well, we'll pivot, we'll do this. Mm. And it's a really great opportunity to take inventory of how we actually have been reliant on very basic methods of connecting with people, right? Pre-COVID, it was the main vessel of connection was in-person classes or in-person events. And it was almost like, thought to be a side hobby of being on social media or being available via Zoom or whatever type of thing. Mm -hmm. Everyone's focus was people in seats, people in stores, 
and the virtual thing was kind of to the side. When we had to, when we were forced to shift into the virtual realm, it showed a lot of the inequities that happen with connection. First off, we had to reckon with the fact that not everyone has a stable internet access, right? Not everyone has a device that they can use to connect to each other. And we saw this a lot in schools, especially in large cities, when they went virtual, teachers couldn't connect to their kids because there was a gap in technology that some people have assumed that, oh, well, like it's 2020, everyone has the internet, right? Everyone's got it at home. And that's not an accurate assumption. And so we've had to reckon with some of these gaps in how we're able to connect and really make sure that we're able to hit as many people as possible in a way that is accessible to them. Another example is like video, right? A lot of times people will joke that they'll take a yoga, a virtual yoga class and it's just black screens everywhere, right? No one has <laughs> yeah. their video on. And I remember the first time I taught a virtual yoga class and that was a thing and I was like, oh my God, I feel like I'm teaching to myself. Yeah. And then someone had messaged me saying, thank you so much. Like my house is a mess. There's like 15 people of us in this house trying to figure out how to live with this. I don't feel comfortable showing my space, but I was still able to practice. And you didn't make me feel bad by forcing me to turn a video on. And that's huge because I, I might never have seen this person in real life. I haven't ever seen her on a virtual space, but she felt, felt comfortable enough with me to say, thank you. I have now connected with you. I want to take those classes. I want to be a part of what you have to offer because I have the power to be able to have my own agency with how I show up, which I think has been a really cool aspect of this new shift is people are starting to find their own power and their own understanding of how they show up in places, how they want other people to show up in those spaces as well, and what to them is going to be acceptable or not. And when we get into that kind of agency, right, we step into this kind of gray zone of knowing that space that we hold, if we are space holders, if you're listening and you're a studio owner or a teacher, that sometimes the space that you create might not be for everyone. And knowing that and acknowledging that and being okay with that is a huge part of being able to really authentically connect with who is in your community. That's such a good point of like, I mean, and having a marketing background and knowing like, you know, marketing says if you try to reach everyone, then you don't connect super deeply with anyone. So a right. huge thing that we teach in marketing and that we practice is like, find your people and speak directly to them. But do you have any tips? And I know this is like a loaded question, but for those people, like how do you like kind of mesh these two things where you're creating these spaces that people feel safe in and you're also, you know, have a direct community that you can connect deeper with? Yeah. And I think the biggest tip right off the bat is to be clear on what it is that your business is trying to accomplish 
Mm. Who it is that your business is, if you're going to personify your business, give your business a personality, and also how your business and you connect to each other. Mm. Because a lot of times I think we can get lost in our businesses um, and we take on that role of saying what our job is. We're like, hi, I'm Amanda. I do blah, 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 right? right? So being able to separate yourself and your business enough so that you're able to have a clear vision of how you are going to authentically show up for your business and how your business is going to show up for you. Mm. And so when you're able to find those synergies of saying that, you know, connection is my, my goal and I, Amanda, am a writer, I am a movement instructor. I am a passionate storyteller. And seeing how those synergies play in with that business will allow me to really target and connect with the people that are looking for those things. Hmm. Because at the end of the day, people aren't going to connect to your business without you. And so you have to be the driving force. You have to have your, your values set in stone before someone is going to buy your business <laughs> or like buy that. into whatever you're saying. Totally. Um, and like that, that's what was popping in my mind as well as like the values, like so much yeah. having your personal values and your business values and taking time to say like, okay, what are my personal values? What drives me? And what is the business portions? Because right. you are still like, you're so much a part of your business and that's what most times like, you know, people are buying, they're buying kind right. of you and your energy and that's your business, but you can have different values, business and personal. Right. Mm. And I think that helps, especially when we're talking about something like connection, it can be very hard to step away. So like when you're doing connection work with your business, at some point you're going to have to say, I'm tired. I need a break. Mm. And recognizing that is huge because you're not going to be able to successfully connect deep on an authentic level all the time. You can't mm. be on. It's like if you were to leave your Instagram story on all day, <laughs> and like have it follow you you're going to start altering it's like when you watch i don't even think real is a thing anymore but like i totally those like video camera shows that follow you at the end of the day if you have that feeling you're going to end up being someone else Mm. and so you need to be able to find a way to ground back down into who you are and then come back to your business so that you can focus authentically on who is around you and what needs to be done. Oh my God. I love that you said that. This is so, oh, I love this because I think with social media in the connection, like this is what happens. We're flooded with this yeah. comparisonitis. You have everyone else that's popping up doing similar work or, oh, maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. And it just throws you off of the, of what you really are and what you really right how you really can connect with people. I love that you said that so much. And that's the double-edged sword of social media, right? We now mm -hmm. are flooded. We've got Instagram, we've got TikTok, there's still Facebook, mm -hmm. like there's mm -hmm. everything and anything at our fingertips. Mm -hmm. And we don't need it all on our fingertips. Humans were not meant to consume this much information all the time. Mm -hmm. And so our brains are always on overload and having access to that level of connection is great because mm -hmm. you can reach and connect to people but knowing when you need to step away is always going to be key i have a i have an 
iPhone. And so you can put your like time limits on certain apps. So like I go in and I say, okay, for two hours, I've got two hours a day on Instagram. Maybe for an hour, I'll play around and see what's on and check in on all the peeps happening. And an hour, I'll do some work. But after that, like, I need to put it away because we can't be connected all the time and have that be sustainable and have that be authentic. I've noticed personally when I have lost myself in inauthentic type of connections has been when I have overloaded myself with social media because then I'm like, oh, I need this look. Oh, I need this brand. Oh, I need blah, 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 blah. Hmm. Instead of focusing on my values and how my values should present themselves. Yes. I think especially as business owners, especially if you're doing online marketing, if you're in the online business space, then that's so important too, because you're, it's so easy to get, to get lost in that. Like, I, I don't think it's right. good to necessarily post and ghost <laughs> and you right. know, and just show up and post and then don't interact with anyone and create that connection and community that way. But it's, yeah, I say the same thing as like, have everything ready, show up, post, connect and shut it down and be with yourself outside of the IG world. Speaking right. of the IG world and connection, do you think that in the, you know, current climate and with all of like something that I hear a lot, cause I coach a lot on Instagram in, in business coaching with Instagram marketing is people are afraid of judgment. They're afraid of the trolls. They're afraid of people, you know, slandering them or whatever. I think another part of that is obviously the type, the cancel culture that is pretty big these days. Um, and I think there's really two parts because, and I think they kind of like play in together, but I want to hear your opinion with, you know, there's so many trolls that just are just literally like showing up to spew hate and it's like not rooted in any reality but like what what is your take on this as a communication and connection expert you know like how do we overcome that fear of you know showing up in that way of being attacked of you know being canceled or just being trolled or just having like knowing that people are talking badly about you like do you have any tips for that and how to really stand in your own authenticity and power yeah so i think there's a couple of things that you'd mentioned so something like trolls this is why like humans can't have nice things because (laughs) there's always people that want to create chaos for the Mm -hmm. sake of creating chaos And it's interesting because trolls all either do like one of two things. You do have the ability to delete. I use the delete and block button like (laughs) it's candy. Like don't be afraid of the block button. And what I do before I block or do something like that is I take a moment to like click into the troll account, so to speak. If I do not know any of their connections, because Instagram will tell you, be like, Mm. you have similar followings or similar people. You follow the same people. We have no connection. I don't care because if this person is not going to add anything to a conversation and is just going to say something not nice and just to like poke fun or to make, if their intent is to make me feel terrible, I'll delete it. If a comment gets posted and it's more of like a judgy, like I had one, I had one guy comment on a reel that he was like, oh, look, this year you learned how to change clothes. And I was like, great, awesome catch there. You 
got me. Yeah. Because some of these times they're doing it because it it gives them whatever like little boost of self-confidence <laughs> yeah. to be shitty to someone so like there'll be times where i'll be like give them the little slide in of being like gotcha yeah that's what mm. everyone's doing on reels these days <laughs> like welcome to the party when it comes to slander and when it comes uh, specifically to cancel culture hmm. i think one of the things we have to be aware of is that there is a difference between canceling someone and holding someone accountable hmm. so we call that you know the the calling in versus the calling out calling someone in if someone is like hey amanda this actually doesn't feel right or this is making me upset i would love to talk to you about why it is or did hmm. you know that this is actually the reason behind this versus something else this happened two years ago with a black and white challenge and it turned out that it was a campaign that had been like hijacked from a missing woman in turkey and that like came back to be like let's support all of us yeah and someone had messaged me that and someone had commented and i was like you know what yes i'll go and i will update my post i will keep the original three posts that i had posted Mm -hmm. because i'm not going to make it look like it just disappeared yeah i'm going to show my mistake and i'm going to grow from it Mm -hmm. and that is an example of how someone calling in can educate me and also you know help right the hurt that i may have caused Mm. when it comes to calling out did they personal message i got a couple i had i had a couple people my inbox was popping that day there were a couple (laughs) messages there were a couple comments on there and that's when i knew i may have messed up because Mm. it wasn't just one person yeah it wasn't just one it was a few messages a couple comments and i was like oh i have i should have done my research before i popped in on this but when we call to calling out most of this happens when people are rallying almost falsely around something that that may have hurt someone they know or someone else. But the idea behind calling out and canceling is to almost inflict the same pain that that person has received, right? And nothing happens when you shame someone mm. into trying to do something. Nothing good happens when you try to shame them. Shame Louder someone. for the people in the back. Either what so happens sick. is either that person like goes into their turtle shell and pretends that the world doesn't exist and shuts down completely mm. or that person doubles down and says i don't give a crap about you i'm I not gonna act. listen to you and mm. you're wrong and now yeah. we're clashing heads mm. and to me cancel culture is like it's like the easy way out it's like the bully on the playground right mm-hmm. it's i want your sandwich or i can't believe you have this sandwich and i'm gonna take it from you you can't have it and it doesn't lead to sustainable change so if we're talking about accountability if we're talking about conference setup that says that they're going to be diverse and inclusive Mm -hmm. and the lineup isn't right an accountability action is saying hey i noticed that you say diversity is part of your values but i'm not seeing it echoed here what is happening versus everyone don't go to this conference they're full of crap and so there's a big difference and people that aren't it takes a lot of communication skills to do accountability correctly Mm. because no one in my belief goes into this world or into their business wanting to cause harm to someone no one does that people will inherently cause harm Mm. because we're human so in order to get better we have to be able to manage the fact that when we confront someone that 
they've hurt us or hurt our feelings or hurt someone, they are going to be hurt also because no one, it feels crappy when someone's like, hey, cat, that was messed up. That hurt me. Mm. Your first reaction is like, oh shit, I'm sorry. What do I do? Crap. Yeah. What? Like it's a panic mode. Mm -hmm. And being able to stay calm and say like, I'm not going to harm this. Let's fix this together hmm. takes a lot of skill and it's a skill that gets better and better the more you fail the more you try something and realize it's wrong the better you get at being able to navigate that because we can't just go around canceling people who who do who make a mistake like what happened to we we don't cancel a child for like falling down when they're trying to walk, right? And so I think this is what generates a lot of this is because especially in the summer of 2020, when we had a lot of discussions around diversity and race, and it was a flashpoint around Black Lives Matter, people wanted to join the conversation and didn't know how and they weren't given the tools to say and learn how to ask a question or be in a space that could hold them and say please ask around or please learn and i'm not going to penalize you for not knowing that's so good and i think that time specifically like i know i had an experience with that and it was a lot more attacking from one individual person that right. didn't honestly like me anyways and wanted to tear me down and got some friends on board and it was a whole debacle. But I think that was a time for a lot of people because it's like people that wanted to show support, they wanted, you know, they stood by everything going on. But then it's like you have everyone saying, no, this is the way that you have to do it. This right. is the way you have to do it. This is the way you have to do it. And a lot of like personal attacks, I think, in general and I think that's like a human communication problem sometimes right. and not so much like that specific movement but I did see it like yes I had a personal experience with it and I saw so many people like it's like I hardly knew anyone that wanted to stand for it and wouldn't get attacked you know so right. it's like I think a lot of people shut down specifically on social media after that time because there were were so many people just getting like publicly shamed and I come back there's a quote from uh, Jamila Jamil and she talks about cancel culture a lot. And she had said something to the effect of cancel culture is something that is rarely called for. When it's called for, it's because something drastically wrong has happened. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, what we have to build is an accountability culture mm -hmm. because accountability comes from connection. And when you're able to connect to the people around you, the community around you, you're invested in making that community as brave as it can be, right? So if you now have deep ties into your community and you hear that people are being mistreated or people not having the same opportunities, you're invested in it. It's not this thing that's happening on the other side of the world or the other side of the country. Yeah. You should be invested in your community into that effect. And if you do something wrong and you have that mutual trust and mutual connection with your community, they're going to pull you aside and be like, hey, this is actually how I would like to move forward with this. Or actually, this is what I would like to see. Or if you want this, why don't we try this instead of this? Exactly. Yeah. Like we connect together, love, we grow a change. community. 
-hmm. because you can't we're not going to create more connection by canceling people and we're not going to create connection by causing this fear of authentically asking questions and authentically showing up we only know what we know and like the Maya Angelou quote of when we know better we do better that's been a drumbeat for me for a very long time because like we can only connect with people as much as we've connected with ourselves and so the more that we build this connection with ourselves the more we can authentically connect with each other and we build that up it's like a little like like a growing balloon i guess for a lack of a letter (laughs) better visual Yes, that's so good. And, and like how, cause I think a lot of people are like, yeah, I need to, um, be more grounded in myself. I think just as a culture, most people, because of the information overload, because of the comparison items, because of all the social media, like most people need more grounding practices. They need to get in touch with themselves. And like, I was going to ask you, what do you think that for somebody that's like, I feel that heavily and how can I practice that like this week or now? Like what, what comes to the top of your mind for good, just grounding and getting in touch with yourself? So I do a written practice in almost every workshop that I lead. And I do it myself probably once a week, usually on like a Sunday or Monday. And I put two minutes on my phone. And the only prompt that I give myself is I am. And so my goal is to write as many am statements in that two minute period. And the first couple are always like hard because you're like, oh, it almost feels like you're like trying to put on a performance. You're like, ooh, I am blah. (laughs) And then once you get that pen going, it goes. And I know that sounds probably flippant to people who like hate writing, but you don't have to do it writing wise. You could speak it. And sometimes, especially if I'm holding one of my workshops and we're in person, I have people say their I am statements out loud. And it almost always takes their breath away when they're like, I am learning or I am here. I'm confused. And allowing them to hear that allows them to be like, it's okay. Like, this is just who I am in this moment. So that's a really easy way to kind of just let the words flow. I am a big proponent of a meditation practice, whether it's sitting with your coffee in silence, unconnected, get rid of the phone for your cup of coffee, (laughs) find a place to sit and just sit and focus on like how good your coffee is or Mm -hmm. how good your tea is. Going outside for a walk is huge because again, without the phone, without the devices and just let your mind go because it'll be funny to see and I do this especially when I go walk my dog that a lot of the thoughts that I leave my house with like randomly go away halfway through the walk and because I don't have a phone with me or anything I'm like oh look all of the noise that's been in my head all day is gone Hmm. and I'm able to fully be here in this moment those are such, those are those are amazing practices because they're so powerful and they're quick and they're something that every single person can do without excuse without fail it's just your own resistance if you don't do those things you know and you can kind of scatter them through the day so that's super super helpful what would you say is the best practices that a business or business owners entrepreneurs especially showing up on an online space or creating an in-person community anyone that's creating a community what is like one best practice or something that comes like one of the main things that comes to your mind for creating a brave space 
it's to not be afraid to fail. Um, so that idea behind a brave space is that you and everyone else who comes into your space can authentically show up as who they are that day. And some days that's unpolished. Some days you feel terrible and you're okay about it. Not okay about it. You are authentic about it. Hmm. There'll be days where I show up on Instagram and I'm like, I am having a terrible day. Is anyone else having a terrible day? <laughs> or like, I, I am having a really hard time with something. Or on the opposite side, like, awesome job. I just signed X amount of people to my new program. Right. And being able to be there in celebration. Oh. Mm. It's really being you and being grounded in your personal values that will help you really start to grow and get people to trust you. Because no one wants perfect Instagram person perfect or the perfect mm -hmm. Instagram business if it's fake. Mm. Like I can purchase all the filters I want to make me look right. and talk like someone completely different, but that's not the point. <laughs> People want I love to. a good filter. Can't lie, right? but I understand the point. I love a good filter. <laughs> I love I'm not going to only makeup. live behind a filter. Oh, like there yeah. are some accounts that I follow that I don't think I've ever seen their face. Per that person without a filter mm. on. And that's not just like messed up from like a business perspective, but that's not a great example to show for people who are coming to you for authenticity, mm. right? Like you can't be afraid of who you are. You have to know where your lines are going to be and your boundaries are going to be in terms of how much you share, what you share, what you're going to talk about. Right. But show up in those things a thousand percent. Like I know some people who will never talk about their spouse or never talk about where they live. And that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Because they're a hundred percent committed to showing up in the ways that are within their boundary spectrum. Yes. So yes. show up and don't be, I know this, and this sounds flippant because like I can see, hear it in my mind and being like, of course people are going to be afraid to fail where we live in a capitalistic <laughs> society and like perfection is demanded, right. but don't be afraid to fail because you know what? Every single person that you see on Instagram, every coach that you may have bought a package from, anything mm -hmm. that you've done has failed at some point. Yes. And I made a post about why, this yesterday. Yes. Right. It's like, so true. We've all failed yes. at something multiple times. And it's not necessarily framing it within a term of like, I'm a failure. No one wants to mm. buy from me. It's just that this didn't work. What can I learn from this? Mm -hmm. How can I show up in this and really yeah. learn? Because a lot of times we want to minimize the pain that we're in, right? Mm -hmm. It's the same thing when you're in a movement class. Like if you're lifting heavy, you want to bang out your like heavy three reps of whatever quickly at the like expense of your form because it hurts. You're like, yeah. crap, I'm going to get these three heavy deadlifts done and throw the barbell away. <laughs> but but that doesn't work. No. <laughs> you've sacrificed your form. You've sacrificed how you're going to step up and show up. So sit through the discomfort a little bit. Mm. And I call it like your, your space of valuable discomfort. You're stretching. You're like looking at yourself in the mirror and you're like, okay, this didn't work, but I think we can try something else and make it work. Mm -hmm. So just keep showing up and people will continue to show up for you. People will stop showing up when you stop showing up. Yeah. So good. Thank you so much, Amanda. I have one last question for you. Well, kind of two. Yes. Before we close, I love to ask everyone, what does being a wealthy and well woman mean to you? Like, what does that look like to be a wealthy and oh. well woman? 
it feels like that exhale, right? It mm. feels like I am here. I am proud of what I have accomplished to get to this point. I am excited for what the future has to bring and who I'm going to meet and who I'm going to work with. Mm. And that I have the flexibility and the want to be able to change a direction when I want to. I can work from home. I can go into a studio. I can do things because there's enough to go around. And so I'm not in competition Mm -hmm. with anyone else because all I need is the connection that I have with myself and the connection I have with each and every one of you, right? And that's enough. That is more than enough to enjoy a wealthy and full life. I love it. And last question is, I know that our listeners are going to want to connect with you. So where can people find you? How can they plug into you? And do you have anything coming up besides Be Well Fest? <laughs> so like, I will be what at Be Well Fest. Um, the easiest way to get a hold of me is on Instagram. I'm at Amanda underscore Getty. Um, G-O-E-D-D-E because I married a German guy and that's <laughs> that's how we spell it now. And I am offering, I'm host, I'm holding space for um, six total people to work with me one-on-one. We start at, in the middle of March, signups will be up in the end of February, um, but you'll be able to pre-reg now if you're interested in it. And yeah, that's really what I've got going on. I will be hosting some pop-up workshops. So the best way to stay on top of that is to follow me and I always make an announcement there. Yes. Thank you, Amanda, so much. It was such an honor to have you on this the podcast This was awesome. Today. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on today's episode of the Wealthy and Well Woman podcast. I am so grateful that you listened in. If you loved what you heard and you feel called to share, please go leave me a review on iTunes so I can make sure to keep all this good stuff coming your way. Also, share this episode with someone you think would absolutely love it, and I will be so grateful. That's how we spread the Wealthy and Well Woman mission together. If you aren't already following me on social media, come and join me by following at Kat Sanuski. I would love to connect with you there, and I cannot wait to connect you with you back here in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and shine as the wealthy and well woman you are.